Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of What's in the Pod, hosted by me, Ben Grabia. On today's pod, I'm joined by a longtime friend and fellow Leo fanatic, Emily Todd. We're here to discuss the 2002 film, Catch Me If You Can. Wow, I'm really excited about this one. It's my personal favorite movie of all time, and I hope you like it just as much as I do, and I can't wait to get into it. So here we go. Cue the music. My name is Mr. Abagnale. That's Abagnale. Not Abagnale, not Abagnale, but Abagnale. Hello, welcome back. Emily, how's it going? It is going good, my friend. It's going good. So, um, you love this movie. I love this movie. We probably love this movie more than a lot of other people, but what was it like? <laughs> what was it like watching it with like categories in mind and like the notes in mind rather than just watching it for fun? I think it like made me appreciate the movie more than I did before, surprisingly. Like I after like we've been studying drama for god knows many years now like I think just like being able to analyze it in like a smart brain kind of way not just Leo's hot and I'm enjoying it for that (laughs) way better yeah that's true that's true I uh so I watched it only twice this week only twice saying I watched it on Tuesday and then I watched it Friday and I love I I love this movie so much oh my god all right, so I'm just going to give a quick little background and on the movie, a couple facts, and we'll get into the broad questions, all right? Sounds good. All right, here we go. The synopsis follows the true story of a 17-year-old kid who runs away from home and begins forging checks and passes as a pilot, a doctor, and a lawyer while being chased by the FBI. It was released on December 25th, 2002, and was nominated for two Academy Awards, Best Supporting Actor for Christopher Walken, and best original score stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks, Christopher Walken, Natalie Bay, Amy Adams, and Martin Sheen. And it was directed by the great Steven Spielberg. And this movie made how much do you think it made at the box office worldwide? Just a ballpark. Okay, well, if Ferris made like over a hundred million, I feel like I gotta go at least a hundred million. I feel like I'm made, wrong. This may be this movie made $352.1 million at the box office. Take that, Ferris. All right. I've got a quick question for you before we get into the broad questions. Okay. Out of these five movies I picked of Leo, what is he the best looking in? And oh I so God. I picked so I picked <laughs> movies um kind of from like all of his different looks. You know, he's got lost like young kid look to like to like old man look now okay so okay. here are my five movies six it's actually six titanic catch me if you can inception great gatsby the wolf of wall street and blood diamond oh god okay this is so hard for me i feel like okay i feel like gatsby is good but no we got to take that out Titanic is basic. Everyone likes Titanic. Uh, <laughs> catch me if you can. 
is it's up there because he has so many different roles he plays in this like when he's, he's a doctor and he's prime like he's 28 years old like the actor leo he's you know, yeah he's playing a 17 but he's 28 so he's like prime of his look life and it's like physically obtainable for me to get with 28 year old leo not yes inception just take that off the list he looks like a greasy man <laughs> i'm not a fan i'm not a fan wolf of wall street like he i hate how attractive he is in that movie because he's like, like gross do you like his jet black hair in that movie or no I don't I don't know I think okay I think it's between Catch Me If You Can and Blood Diamond Blood Diamond he I'm goes kind of, like he he goes like weirdly like he's like grungy but like he's got that like weird Zimbabwe accent I don't know <laughs> it's South African <laughs> South African no, my bad my bad <laughs> he's and yeah, he's like, got that weird accent. Yeah, but it's like, but it works for him though in like a weird way. And <laughs> he's outdoors. Uh, yeah, I think. It, damn, this is surprising. I gotta, I gotta go. With I gotta go diamond. You gotta go. Oh, I was gonna go with Catch Me If You Can. I think he looks the best in it. But I mean, I'm a. You know me. I'm just like the massive Leonardo DiCaprio fan. So like, I think he's beautiful and everything. But I definitely gotta go with Catch Me If You Can. <laughs> what about the Revenant though? Is he really beautiful in that one? No, no, but like he's he like <laughs> is pretty good in the movie, but like he's not, he's just like mountain man, Canadian boy. Anyways, Damn. okay, yeah, we're gonna go into the broad question. So, I'm gonna ask you, what was it like the first time you saw it? If you remember, I think the first time I watched it was with you in high school at some point. We had a um, like that's kind of how we started becoming friends is we discussed how much we both loved Leo and you were like oh you gotta watch this you I did not that exciting but I so I remember I watched it on a like wintry night when I was in grade 11 I watched it alone and I was doing the you know when you like flick through Netflix and you're like man you get so stressed out even know what to watch <laughs> after yeah. After 20 point after 20 minutes of flipping through Netflix, stressed out what to watch, I finally get to catch me if you can. And I, like I don't really I know who Leo is. Everyone knows who he is, but like so I flip it on and I watch it. And I was glued to it the entire time, like I am still to this day. And this movie made me fall in love, like with movies. Like I liked movies, but this movie made me fall in love with it. It made me fall in love with wanting to be an I decided to like stop doing sports as competitively as I did. And I started doing acting way more. And I obviously this movie made me fall in love with, with Leo clearly, <laughs> but this movie was like, it was the, t it was the day I was like, movies are my life because of this one. And I'll never forget that moment. And now this is my favorite movie of all time because of that. I did not know that. That's yeah. it's exciting. I'm learning things. And then after I watched Catch Me Can, I finished it or whatever. I went on like a Leo binge mode. Like I watched <laughs> everything he's ever been in. Like uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, Revolutionary Road, Body of Lies. People have not even heard of that movie. Um, the Beach, um, Titanic, obviously. But I, I went on this Leo binge and he's been in my life for a long time. Yeah, I'm a huge Leo fan. So 
that was the first time I watched it. So I'll never forget it. That's why I really, that's why I specifically love this movie was clearly the first time I watched it. Um, do you have any distinct memories of showing it to someone new, like a family member, a friend, or like watching it? Do you have any, yeah, do you have any distinct memories about it? I mean, I feel like I remember when it came out as a musical and mm, I'm yeah. so like deeply offended randomly, <laughs> like, which is surprising because drama, but like, I feel like you can't take this movie and make it into something different. Like it's gotta be just the movie. It's so perfect which I'm, mm-hmm. we'll get into that later, but, like, no, like, you don't, you don't mess with this movie, it's, it's kind of perf. Yeah, like, I remember when the musical came out, and I, I watched, like, a Tony, they do, there's, like, a, on YouTube, there's a Tony, uh, like, a Tony's, I don't know, like, a number on it, where they do one of the numbers that Han Ratty, like, performs, like, a singing number, and it's weird, it's weird to see like FBI agents dancing around, but I don't know why. I honestly don't mind it. Honestly, I really like the music. I think it could be done well if it's done well, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I have it. Yeah, I have I have like a little bit. I want to talk about it later, so we won't step on that. But um, like a memory I have of this movie is it made me want to start wearing a watch. It's kind of weird. I don't know. A lot of people don't maybe don't know, but like I wear a watch quite often. And it was because I saw Leo wear a watch. And I was like, man, that's cool. The guy just knows what time it is all the time. <laughs> I'm going to wear a watch. And I started buying dress shirts like him. You know how he wears like dress shirts just like casually with like the short sleeve dress shirts? Yeah. Def started started that because of him. Like I started doing that in high school. Like I tried so hard. I was like, this guy's 17. I'm 17. Let's do it. Okay. I feel um, like that makes sense now. Yeah. Like it, Leo. It, it adds up. And like, I would try to like comb my hair, like Leo, even, you know, and sometimes it worked most of the time it didn't, but <laughs> those are definitely some memories I have from when I was in grade 11, thinking I could be Frank Abagnale Jr. And trying to like tell people who I was and they'd be like, yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cultural impact. I got a question for you that I want you mm. bear with me here. I got a question. So who has a better decade run of actors? 90s Hanks? or 2000s Leo. Okay, so I'm going to read you the movies that both of them starred in their decades. So I'll go with Leo first. In the 2000s, he went Beach, Gangs of New York, Catch Me If You Can, The Aviator, The Departed, Blood Diamond, Body of Lies, Revolutionary Road, Shutter Island, Inception, Django Unchained, Great Gatsby, The Wolf of Wall Street. So that's about a 10-year run. Tom Hanks okay. in the 90s goes A League of Their Own, Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Apollo 13, Toy Story, Saving Private Ryan, You've Got Mail, Toy Story 2, Green Mile, Castaway, and finally Catch Me If You Can. So out of the two, who do you think had a more impressive movie run? They're both pretty good. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I, like, okay, if I'm thinking about it, when you said all the Leo ones, there were some, like, shifty ones in there, like, Beach, that movie, yeah. weird, weird, yeah. not not a fan, like, hmm, it's like he started strong, and then ended strong, but in the middle, weird was, in the middle, he was kind of weird in the middle, yeah, and, like, I feel like every single one of those Tom Hanks movies you mentioned, 
so good like green mile yeah if you haven't seen that movie i love that movie yeah philadelphia another excellent movie like i feel like tom hanks is like i'm gonna make you fall in love with meg ryan and then also like cry a little bit near the end of the Mm -hmm. 2000s it's it's for for me, it's probably Hanks. He probably had a more impressive, and he has a couple of Oscar wins in there. He has two in there. Leo has none until you know he gets the pity revenant one. But <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Like Leo goes through like a weird three year where he's doing like Body of Lies and Revolutionary Road. Those are both kind of weird. I like them because I like Leo, but Hanks. I'm trying to look at the list I have here of like the worst movie he made in it. And, I don't, I don't even know. I'm probably going to offend someone if I say one, so I'm not even going to say it. Forrest Gump. <laughs> it's Forrest Gump. But <laughs> um, it's probably Hanks. But yeah, I think that's... The two of them are almost at, like... Hanks is at, like, right at the end of the peak of his powers when this movie comes out. And Leo yeah. is just beginning. And it was interesting that they're both in the same movie together opposite each other. I think it was really interesting. Yeah. Like, I remember when I first watched this, I didn't even realize Tom Hanks was in it. And I was like, oh, Tom Hanks, that is not why I watched this movie. But he ended up like, I don't know, I love Leo and he kills it in this movie. But like, I feel like there's almost times. Exactly. Like, I feel like there's almost times where he steals the spotlight. Mm -hmm. Steals scenes. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so my next question for you is, why do you think this movie has fallen through the cracks? Why? What I mean by that is, I usually am the one telling people about this movie. No one has ever told me, hey, have you seen this movie? I'm usually me. Hey, have you seen this? And they're like, no, go watch it. Wow, I love you. That was the best movie recommendation of all time. So why do you think why do you think this movie has fallen through the cracks? That honestly, I have no idea. But like I agree. Like I tell I was talking to Caitlin about it today, and I'm like, have you even watched it yet? And she's like, no. So I feel like I feel like maybe like like at the time in 2002 like how old were we three like mm-hmm. I don't remember it being promoted because obviously we were three so I feel like our parents are like oh yeah I love that movie but like we, like our age demographic like doesn't I don't know it's not as memorable because it came out when we were three I think it kind of comes out so he obviously comes onto the scene Titanic and then Catch Me If You Can is like kind of a couple of years later when he's a little bit more uh, mature and turning himself into like a a non-hunk, you know what I mean? Like a non-just good-looking <laughs> guy in a movie. And then after Catch Me If You Can is when he starts doing, you know, The Aviator, which is a big biopic in The Departed. And he starts doing these like what people would call like a real movie. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But Catch Me If You Can is a pretty, like it's there's acting to it. He's not just playing this like good-looking guy that you feel bad for at the end of the movie. Maybe oh, that's I why. Like, I think, I, like, I've seen a lot of his movies, and mm-hmm. I would argue that his performance in this, like, acting-wise, is the best he's done. Yeah. I Yeah. It's my favorite like, movie. I don't, know if, I, don't know, I don't know if it's my, his, favorite, his best performance, but it's his best movie, in my opinion. Like, just, like, how versatile he is. Like, he can mm-hmm. play the, like, I'm like an innocent 17 year old to like I'm James Bond don't fuck with me (laughs) yeah 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 so the themes of the movie so a couple themes of the movie I kind of pointed out was you know 
a broken family. He has a troubled past. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot. Everyone in this movie lies to each other because it's sometimes it's easier to live the lie. Why do you think that? You know, this movie is obviously a. It's based on a true story about someone from the '60s, and now 2020, 21 actually. Sorry, the (laughs) issues are still like those themes are still relevant in today's life. So why do you think that? this movie has kind of remained relevant. I think just like, even like, like you said, with 2020, like the financial struggles, like how much money motivates the entire movie, which it's a central theme in the movie. Like, Mm -hmm. but like Frank Abagnale Sr. is like completely like focused on money. Everything is money. Their parents' relationship is affected by, like affected by money. And like, I know like everyone in the world right now is struggling because, you know, COVID and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that this movie has, yeah, so many good themes and so many themes that in the 60s were relevant and today are, you know, just the same. And it, those themes kind of, yeah. they tail as old as time, I guess. Um, okay, last thing before we get into the categories is do you have any big things or anything you want to ask me about, you know, any discussion pieces before we get into the categories? Well, I kind of took the liberty of making my own category, so we could jump on your podcast. But I have created the five hottest Leo moments. Here we go. Let's go. Yeah, (laughs) I'd be. I'm curious to get your opinion because from this movie or like in general. Oh, oh, in this movie. If we did in general, it would have taken me two weeks. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Let's go. Fifth, like number five. We're gonna start backwards. The house party outfit. He's wearing like the Italian knit sweater. I enjoyed that. I, I like it was good. It, it was number five, but I don't know if white pants would do it for me today. And then number four, the James Bond look. When he like, mm-hmm. the, like especially when he's like in the tailor and he's like fixing the cuff, like. And he, yeah, does, the, and yeah. he does the eyebrow raise. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this one I like just because of the quote. Don't even remember what he's wearing. Think it was the pilot uniform, but when he's like, "My name's Frank Abagnale, and I'd like to cash this check in and take you out for a steak dinner," I was like, "Okay, yep. please, like, yeah, sign me up." And then this one's kind of weird, and <laughs> but like when he first, like when he first gets the Pan Am like outfit, and he's like and the little girl's like are you a pilot and he's like i sure am little lady i was like oh okay <laughs> okay uh-huh, uh-huh. he's he's 17 the character but like <laughs> he's 20 it's fine <laughs> and then top one i think you're gonna agree with me on this one is then he's like he goes to go meet brenda at the airport he's in a cadillac yeah. and he mm-hmm. like rolls down the window mm-hmm. he like fiddles with the sunglasses and i'm like okay okay yeah that would, hmm, yeah, that's my number one. And honestly, my number two would be the Italian knit thing they were talking about where he's like hosting the party. Yeah. I just love that fit. Dope as hell. And then my third, <laughs> my third one, I only have three. My third one would be the, um, when he's a doctor and he, when he's like the doctor and he's him and Brenda are like making out in their little office and he has, I don't know, the oh, doctor's yeah, fit yeah. and he looks pretty good in that. Yeah yeah okay so that's our best look of leo and catch me if you can all right we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna get back into the category so be right back (laughs) 
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the categories. So in the categories, what we do is we break it down. We go through category through category, break down the movie into little pieces. All right. The first category is Mount Rushmore, the top four scenes of the movie. So I'm going to read you my four. Let me know if you have something different and then we'll decide on a winner. Okay. Okay. So my first one is the school scene, the scene where Frank goes to the new school with like the nice suit and he goes and impersonates the substitute teacher and he just like fucks with the whole school basically. And like the scene where he gets like body checked by those two guys and he's just like, wow, goes into the classroom and he just embarrasses that one kid in front of everyone as the substitute teacher. I, I just think it's really funny and really, this is when you're like, oh, Frank's a badass. Yeah, yeah, I had that too, and I put Frank gets balls. Mm-hmm. And then when he, uh, the little, a nice little moment there is when he, uh, he's in, when he's caught, and the principal's talking to his parents, and he's outside the principal's office, and he tells that girl to, like, fold her pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. The office note, it's like, well, if you put it in your pocket, the first thing you do is you fold it, so if there's no crease, they're not going to believe it. I'm just like, whoa, yes! Anyways, <laughs> next scene. <laughs> Next scene I really like is when Frank escapes handwriting for the first time uh, when he impersonates the Secret Service agent and, hand, and he like just completely bamboozles handwriting. I love that yeah. scene. It's so like James Bondy. He's so like, so cool in that scene. I love that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one is the, f- the first Christmas Eve phone call when they're talking to each other on Christmas Eve. And there's a lot of really good lines. And this is where this is where Frank really messes up for the first time, tells him about New York and that he's from New York, which then starts the domino effect of handwriting finding about finding who he is from the missing rep, uh, person's report in New York. Mm-hmm. I love that scene. It's really short, but it's just got some good dialogue and they're not even together. And it just really shows chemistry between the two of them. It's like two powerhouse actors in one scene together and they're not even in the same room. Dope. Yep, my last my last one is the Miami airport scene where he shows up in that like we talked about that sweet outfit the Cadillac the orange glasses <laughs> hair slicked back and he just I don't even know how he gets out he 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 gets there's like 200 cops at the airport waiting to catch him and he's like yeah I got this I'm gonna I'm gonna hire these stewardess and I'm gonna like pretend to like be behind them and I'm gonna get on this plane I'm gone so those are my four yeah. favorite scenes. I'll tell you my winner after. Do you have any other scenes I didn't touch on? Yeah. Um. I had. Okay. Well, I had. Yeah. The substitute. He walks into Miami airport with the stewardess, and then I love the one where he like finally gets caught in France, because I think like you At can see end? like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. when he, you see the psychological breakdown of him, and yeah. he, he like almost like seems excited like when he's just like oh you came and got me like Carl like I'm excited to see you I think I don't know I loved that one and he's like yeah. wait there's not 2,000 cops like I don't mm-hmm. believe you mm-hmm. and I also had like the like in the very end and I know it's probably cheesy to pick like the endish scene but like when he like starts like panicking because he's like I don't want to work for the FBI fuck this mm-hmm. and he goes into the tunnel and like Carl's like no one's stopping you you can go see you on Monday mm-hmm. And Carl's yeah. is just like, you're going to come back. I was uh-huh. like, okay, that's so good. And he comes back, doesn't even say a word, just starts helping him. And I'm like, yeah. perfect. So what's your favorite scene? 
I kind of want to go with that one. The, the end end one? Okay. Mine's yeah. the mine's the Frank escapes Hanratty at the at the hotel in, in Hollywood when he's like pretending to be secrets Barry Allen's Secret Service. I love that scene. Yeah. I've watched I've like pulled it up on YouTube and just watched it like alone without even watching the whole movie. It's my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. All right. So we have two different ones, two really good ones. All right, let's move on. Move on to the second category to what still works. The movie poster is really cool. Um, there's like, there's a couple different ones. There's one where Leo and Tom Hanks are like cross arms and they're, I don't know, they're just standing there and they're both cool. And then there's one where kind of Tom Hanks is, is, is uh, chasing him, I guess. Like catch me if you can. Um, yeah. I really like the movie poster. I love a good movie poster, especially the ones that like stand the test of time and you really yeah. get what the movie's about in a poster. Uh, yeah, second thing is, Mm-hmm. the opening credit scene basically tells you if you watch the opening credits it tells you the entire plot of the movie like in the little animation thing if you watch it it's like the, this is the whole movie in like five minutes basically is what they summarize it down to it's pretty cool um i noticed it probably on like the 15th time i watched it so if you haven't noticed it don't worry <laughs> uh the next one i have is the running joke that like nobody can say hand ready he'll go to at the very start of the movie, he's introducing himself to the cops and he's like, I'm Carl Hanratty. And they just mess it up. And he's like, no, 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 it's, it's, it's Hanratty with like his little accent. And then later, a couple other times in the movies, they just like mess up his name and he gets kind of pissed about it. And then at the, when he catches Frank at the wedding in New Orleans and he's he introduces himself to Frank's mother-in-law and he shakes his hand. He's like, I'm Carl Hanratty. And she just says it back to him, but like completely wrong. I just think every time I laugh, <laughs> Um, next thing I got here is DiCaprio's charisma is, I don't know. It like makes the whole movie. I don't know. What do you think? Like, he's just so cool. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what to say. He's just cool in every scene and he is a horrible human being. His character is a horrible human being, but the whole movie, I'm like, I want you to win. I want you to win. And that's just a testament yeah. to his acting. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't even like say he's a horrible human being. Like, I don't even like get that like I feel like he's like a little kid that's had a shit life and like when you talked about like in the bathroom scene when he's playing the secret service agent like when he walks out with the towel and he's all like cool oh memorable super mm -hmm. memorable yeah I guess the whole big movie the whole like point of the movie is a big like fuck you mom you're a bitch <laughs> Literally. I'm gonna yeah I'm doing this to like because I in spite of you I guess um all right moving on the storytelling of the movie, like just the script, I guess, and how they, so the scene at the start of the movie where he is in, where Hanratty visits him in the, in the prison. And then, it, and then later in the movie, you see him on the plane and they sprinkle that one scene periodically through the, in, through the, to the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like the narrative, like they have one scene, but they break it up into little chunks throughout the movie and they place it randomly during the movie. So they show you almost the end at the start in the middle and then they go visit it back at the end i think it's a really interesting way to tell a story um because other than that it's a pretty straightforward narrative like it's just this is what he's doing this is what he's done the past couple of years but then they sprinkled out that little scene throughout the movie which i think was really cool um 60s style just like especially leo's fits we talked about that earlier so we don't have to get into that one but 
um just the, the style of the 60s is really cool maybe yeah. because he makes it cool i don't know um how clever frank is he like frank jr sorry he is like when he talks about the checks later in the movie and he's he instantly knows when i want to check is fake or real it's just like wow how'd you know that and he he goes through every little detail it's it's insane and and the real life guy is like this absolute master genius and he was like 16 I'm like, this is insane i can never wrap my head around it. he was 16 years old doing this shit crazy crazy hey yeah yeah i think like something we forgot to mention like it's just this is a real story mm-hmm. like it like this actually happened like there is a real frank abagnale jr out there and like one yep. of the things I had was just just like the the like when he's like at the beginning like kind of after the like little like credit part yeah. when they do the like tell the truth like Frank Abagnale was actually on Tell the Truth in 1977 so mm-hmm. I thought that was so smart to like start with that I loved that I think that still yeah. works. Mm-hmm. The beginning of the following actress's career careers amy adams jennifer gardner ellen pompeo who is uh from gray's anatomy if you don't know who that is and elizabeth <laughs> banks like those five one two three four one two three four four my bad four people actually just they're all in this movie just randomly and it's like well all those four people are like famous now it's, it's kind of cool mm-hmm. um all right the way frank tells people what they want to hear so like his main tactic is he'll, he'll he'll like use this misconception. Like I mean, when for example, when he's with the, when he gets caught, when he gets caught by by Tom Hanks, and he has to show him the wallet, and as soon as Hanks starts to open the wallet to like realize you know this is bullshit, he's like, no, look over here, and he gets him to look out the window, and then the yeah, other time, yeah. he's at the bank very early on, and he's giving this check. And the girl's about to just look at the check to like maybe it's maybe it's fake, and he comment uh, compliments her eyes. Yeah, yeah, I just think that's really cool that he that's kind of like a tactic he uses throughout the movie, and it's still it's still like clever and charismatic as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, Hanratty, he's just pissed the whole movie. I think it's funny, like he's just <laughs> mad at everyone the entire movie. Uh. The score, the score is like really good. Yeah. It's very James Bondish. It's very distinct. It's almost the same three songs throughout the movie, but they tinker with it a little bit, and it's it's really really well done. Um, one of my little favorite moments from the movie is when Frank he steals he like steals four hundred dollars from Jennifer Gardner's character when oh he's, gosh, with, he's yes. with he's with that model. And she's like, I'll take that $1,400 check. And he's like, well, we decided on a thousand. And she's like, I'll just give you 400 and it'll be good. And he just kind of smiles. He's like, all right, I just made $400 off you. No, he's getting paid to like, he's getting up paid. With the yeah. actress. Like he, mm. he wins that deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, when Frank, you know, when he's playing the doctor and he's like clearly terrified of blood and like, and like people getting hurt and all that stuff. So I think that's really funny when he yeah. goes to see that kid's knee. There's like a hole for that kid's knee, and he's just like, 
uh, you guys deal with it. And he just runs to the bathroom and pukes. So <laughs> funny. So funny. Um, really like heartbreaking scene where you kind of feel for the character for Frank is when he's with Brenda at his her, her parents' place and he goes into the kitchen to see Brenda's parents and they are mm-hmm. singing and dancing and doing the dishes together and it's just him watching and they don't know he's watching and it, the look on his face is, is wow this is what a real family is this is what real love is my parents were never in this and I grew up in this shitty life it's just like yeah wow I feel bad for you um the last thing I have is the dope ass coolness ability of Frank to dodge 200 cops in Miami like we talked about at the airport and they had to have 200 <laughs> cops to catch one kid he's not even an adult he's not even like carrying a gun he's a paper hanger and he's 17 yeah. years old dope so cool that's my I last think, one I think that part goes to show you the power of a hot girl times five when all the stewardess walk in and like rule the world with a pretty lady so do you have anything else I yeah. touched that I didn't touch on? Yeah, something I had was like the father and son relationship, like just like how like relevant that still is in like people's lives. Like I obviously I, I'm not a son, so I can't speak on this, but like I can assume that like the need to want to impress your dad is still something that like young yeah. boys want. And like the part like specifically where they're in the bar after like the whole kitchen dancing thing you were you were talking about, and he's like shit I miss my dad and he goes mm-hmm. in and he like he still wants to impress his dad I think like that's really relevant the Christmas yep. part where he where he's like I'm lonely on Christmas so I'm gonna call Carl relevant still works love that part yeah so then, do you oh, have some, you have one more yeah one more something I love this is, might be my favorite is just like the transition of the power dynamics like throughout the movie mm-hmm. like Carl's at the like laundromat, like doing his laundry, <laughs> and Frank's upstairs, like banging like Marcy or like what's her Meredith from Grey's Anatomy, same lady. Like I just like it shows you how different it is. And then throughout the movie, like the power dynamic shifts, like especially like when we talked about at the France part. Like yeah. to me, that's just I don't know. That's something you don't see in movies these days, and I, I love that. Yeah. So what's your, what's, what's worked, what still works the best for you? What's your winner? I think that one, honestly, like the I power think shift? Me, that's what, yeah. Yeah. That's a good, mine is DiCaprio's charisma and suave and just cool vibe throughout the whole yeah. movie. It's, it's the best part of the movie. It's, it's, I couldn't imagine anyone else playing that role. All right. Nope. We'll go into cringe moments, category three. Oh gosh. <laughs> so you you touched on this kind of just a couple minutes ago, but I don't think the opening scene is needed, in my opinion. I just think it's fluff. And I also think the movie is about 15 minutes too long. Yeah. I don't know what you think about that, but I think, I don't know where you cut stuff, but there's 15 minutes. It's like, it's a little long. Yeah. See, I feel like this is where we would disagree because you would cut the you wouldn't cut the like cartoony part where I was like this is boring whereas I oh, like really? the like yeah I like the tell the truth thing and I, to be fair like I had to google it I was like there's significance to this and I googled it and now I'm like oh I like that but if you didn't know 
I get yeah. why you would want to cut that. Well, I knew that, and I still think it's stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's like 15 minutes. It's a little. It's a little long for for the content of the movie. All right. So my next one yeah. is every single parent figure in this movie is like piece of shit. They're all just horrible to every kid, even Hanratty. Oh, so who do you think is the worst parent in the movie? Oh, 100% the dad. Like Frank Sr. Shit dad. Shit dad. He, yeah, he's on my list of shittiest dads. For me, it's it's a tie between um, Frank's mom, who cheats on his dad and marries his dad's best friend, and <laughs> Brenda's dad, Martin Sheen's character, Brenda's dad. He is horrible. Mm. He's a horrible person. So I don't know. All every even Hanready is a, obviously clearly something went wrong with his with his daughter that he just left. So see, I feel sympathetic for him because I feel like the daughter's like, no, I don't want to see you. Like I feel like it's her doing it, not him. So I feel like his is more understandable. But like the other dads, fuck you, you suck. <laughs> True. Or my next one is uh, there's a little moment where uh, Frank Senior gives. Uh, Frank Jr. at his first kind of checkbook and he's like I gave you $25 in your checking account don't spend it all at once it's like wow $25 now that's nothing that's absolutely nothing <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I guess that says a lot about the 60s I guess I don't know yeah look at yeah um, when Frank is impersonating the substitute teacher and he's at the school and he kind of makes that kid go up in front of the class and the kid clearly has a hard time reading in front of the class. Maybe he has some sort of dyslexia or he's just shy. And the whole class is just hysterically laughing at him. I don't know. I don't know if you'd put that in the movie now, if they made it now. But. I mean, like, probably not. But if we're being realistic, if there was some kid going like, Francais, like, you're telling it me happens. that you're not going to laugh. Yeah, it happens, I guess. I guess you're right. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Banks is in the movie for a solid two minutes and she has when Frank asks her to go for a steak dinner and she has this super obnoxious laugh. She's like, (laughs) it's like, why is that in the movie? Why are you doing that? It's really annoyed me. It always has. See, like, I think as a, as like a a woman that's relatable because if Leonardo DiCaprio approached you and said, you want to get steak dinner? I'd probably be like, <laughs> you're going to laugh you like goofy. Yeah, I think right. so. I think. All right. Yeah. All right. Next thing I have is just, I just put projectors, LOL, like just the use of projectors in this movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's so like, wow, I'm dating. We're like dating ourselves here. Um, when DiCaprio and Amy Adams are starting to make out in the doctor's office, and if you watch Amy Adams like make out, she's like licking his face and her eyes are oh, open, yeah. and it's oh. so like, oh my god, <laughs> so cringy, so cringe. Um, we talked about this earlier. Martin Sheen's character, so Brenda's dad, just like this is the worst, I think. Um, and my last one is um jack barnes so frank senior's best friend dates his best friend's wife that's kind of yeah suspect suspect behavior i would never do that to any of my friends yeah i don't know who would skeezy i know it's very skeezy do you have anything do you have anything i missed 
I do. I see. Okay, with the lady laugh, the one that I found annoying was Marcy. Like when they finished having sex, and she's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. like I would be offended if someone started laughing. Like, whoever like, directed, oh, whoever directed the first season of Grey's Anatomy, looked at that and was like, "Yes, that's Meredith. I want her to star in this <laughs> humongous show." <laughs> yeah, sweaty, sweaty sex and crazy laughing. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> yeah. It's in that situation. When why why does Leo have his shirt on? Like, is he is he got weird nips? He's a or kid. Like, he's a he's, kid. He's scared. He's a kid. Why, he, I don't care. Why does he have a shirt on? Like, we're here for a reason, and it's to see Leo. Why does he have a weird white T-shirt on? And okay, this is just an Emily thing that no one else would notice, but I still wrote it down. Why is Christopher Walken wearing more makeup than most women wear on a regular day? Like his, I feel, I feel like that's something that he was like, yeah, I want to, I want to wear my makeup. Yeah, he's like feeling them brows, baby. Yeah, I don't and know. And Leo saying "daddy." Surprisingly enough, I did not like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I noticed that. I don't know why I didn't put it down. That's so weird. He says "daddy" all the time. It's so fucking weird. I don't know why. Oh, and he's then like, one, like one I had that I'm surprised you didn't was like with the whole bully scene, and he's like, and the bully's like. Oh, when like Frank comes in to be the teacher, yeah, <laughs> the kids like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, okay. <laughs> so, what's your number one cringy moment from the movie? Oh damn! I think I gotta go with Meredith being sweaty and laughing. Like, just like we didn't need that. <laughs> yeah, my yeah, that's a good one too. Mine would be the Amy Adams making out. It's so weird. So like oh, hard to watch. Her eyes are just like bug-eyed <laughs> open. So weird. All right, that's our cringy moments. We're gonna move on to the fourth category. Who is the most dateable person and why? Who do you have now? Okay, controversial. I put Carl. Carl Hanratty. I feel like I don't know. Please discuss. Just... Please let me know why. Okay, I put for the reason you don't like him is that his daughter's situation, where he's like obviously super like sensitive to it, and he's like oh like yeah I actually do have a daughter like to me that made him more approachable like as much as I would have loved to wrote Leo down for that like I'm not gonna date Frank he's gonna like dump him and chuck him the next day like sorry yeah. no trust like, issues like, with had, Frank yeah and like the honorable mention to the whoever is walking the blind guy down the stairs he seems like the only <laughs> man in the movie. yeah <laughs> like, yeah I think his name is Murph. Oh, they, see, I'm, no, no, I think that's just a name he randomly says. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, so mine, I was watching the movie, thinking about it, trying, like, I was like, every character, I'm like, I don't really want to date you. So the only character I could think of would be yeah. Jennifer Gardner's character, because she's like a model. So she's probably got no. money. She's pretty. Ben, I don't know, I'd probably, pick, I'd probably pick her. She, <laughs> she takes a thousand dollars to have sex with Frank Jr. Like that, no, 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 no. She no. pays, she pays him $400 to do it. She doesn't even that's know a, though. That's even worse. It's not helping your situation. I would date her. She's the only person in the movie I would date. That might be my hottest take of the pod. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back for category five. All right, 
Category 5. What's up with that? Where we talk about plot holes and character mess-ups and stuff. <laughs> All right, I got a, I got a few here, actually. Okay, yeah. so I, I know that, you know, it's a true story and stuff, but how did he actually do this? How? Like, I... I know it all. I don't know. Maybe it's a dumb question. And um, apparently, according to the real Frank Abagnale Jr., it was. It's about eighty percent true. The movie. The movie obviously adds a little bit more to it because it makes it a more interesting movie. But there's no technology yeah. that probably helps him because people can't find him on social media and stuff. I just do not. Still, every <laughs> single time, I'm like, "How did you do this?" I just don't get it. I don't even know if there's really an answer to it because I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Well, he has the 140 GPA, I mean, GPA, like, oh my god, see, now I'm gonna sound stupid, IQ, <laughs> love that oh. that's what I'm talking about, but, like, he's, like, a genius, so, yeah. like, I'm sure that, like, factors into it, but, yeah, no, I, I have no fucking idea how the dude did it. Okay, so my next one is, you know when the FBI takes him out of prison? Yeah. At the end, and, like, they, like, uh, to like work for them do they does the fbi really have all that power do they really can they take criminals who were in isolation for 12 years and can't see anyone can they really take those out of jail i don't know i don't know if that was true or not i didn't really research it i probably should have but well okay the way i looked at it is like maybe was it, was it 12 years was he actually in there for 12 years no he was only in there for four but he was sentenced for 12 they got him out. It took them. They took them four years for them to convince the government to let him out. Huh. Well, then I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Four years though is a long time in isolation. You can tell it's clearly hurting the guy. His um, hair, God. <laughs> yeah. So when Hanready and the and the fellow cops, they or FBI agents, I guess they go to visit Frank's mom. Why is she not concerned? about her son like she files the missing report but that's about it i don't really yeah. get that she should seem like and just her way of acting or how she's portraying the, the mom is just kind of very like yeah he's missing and i'll pay for his debt and and stuff like that like i would be my mom would be freaking out if i had just ran <laughs> yep. away when i was 17 yeah i don't know i don't get that that's my that's a what's up with that okay Next one, party in Atlanta. He has a huge party with the Italian knit sweater and all that stuff. Where does he meet all these people? He doesn't have, yes. seven, where does he meet all these people? Why is he having a huge party? I don't, yeah. I don't know where he meets all these people. They're, they're clearly like around his age and he, he's only in places for like a little bit of a time and then he goes somewhere else. I don't get it. House? Yeah, he's probably renting it though. I don't know. I just don't get it. Okay, I know that they asked this during the movie and stuff, and he just tells them that he studied. But, like, how does he pass the bar? I looked up the bar exam. The average person to pass the bar exam, it takes you 400 hours to study in the preferred time of nine weeks. So that's about 40 to 50 hours per week to study to pass. This guy did it in two weeks. I just don't get it. And he watched movies, and he's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to pass it now. I mean, it, like I said, he's a genius. Maybe, like, because, okay, and when I Googled it, it said that, like, a 140 IQ is, like, pretty much, like, photographic memory. So, I mean, I think that wow. would help, but I don't know. I don't. I can I just, do it. No, 
I don't get it. He just literally watches some law movies and he's like, all right, I'm going to pass it. And he just, he does. All right. The scene where, so when Frank's kind of getting caught at his wedding, uh, like engagement party, I think. And he's telling Brenda to meet me at the Miami airport and all that stuff. And he just like jumps out the window. Where like how does he how does he does he is there an escape car probably not because doesn't know anyone doesn't he's not like is there a car just waiting for him like where is he just running into the woods like how do the cops not realize I just don't get it I'm like how does that even happen I'm sorry I'm sorry Ben he got an Uber God <laughs> okay my last one how does Frank really get out of the airplane at the end when he like goes through the bathroom. Come on. Oh, yeah. You're in a human yeah. being. You're not fitting through this. Like, it's like when human beings go in vents in like big buildings. Like, come on. <laughs> Vents are so small. I don't get it. I don't get it. Those, those are my all my what's up with that. Do you have any more questions about the movie you want to ask? Yeah. I, I see. I don't have any of the same ones as you. I had, okay, in the sub scene, which we love that when he comes in and is like pretends to be the teacher. Mm, yeah. There's yeah. a random old lady in the back of the classroom pretending to be a student and it's like an extra who is like aggressively old because like she has like prominent wrinkles so i'm like really you're not I in never high school that. no i noticed it today i was like you're not wow. in high school wow. and like his his mom's accent i'm sorry but is she french or is she german like i had to google it twice because what the hell was that I like think she's an actual, I think she's actually from Europe, the actress, not, she's not American. Yeah, but so like, like the kind of, accent was yeah. so, like, it was shifty. Like, it kept going in from like, okay, I get French here, and then I'm like, it kind of goes okay, in and out. Are you? Yeah, and then yeah. when he's like, why would my dad be like, take me on a flight if you're a pilot? Like, mm. his dad, yeah, his dad's life. very, like, go ahead. Like he, he doesn't really investigate what his son is doing. I don't know. I just, no, that's probably that probably shit. like he's like okay. It, it, it explains why his dad's kind of sus. Yeah, and then like the part when he is the doctor, and there's like some nurses are wearing tights and some aren't. I don't know. That's the thing I noticed. I was like, yeah, like I feel like in like the sixties, you think that you would like have a uniform, like commit to the bit, like. Mm-hmm. And again, this is just an Emily thing. But when the kid, like we talked about, the kid is injured in the hospital, that blood application is so bad. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know <laughs> when a kid is going to break his leg and cut it open. He's going to have blood on his face. Like, if you... Well, maybe he I went studied. to, like, maybe he went to touch it to, like, see, touches it with his hand and then goes to his... I don't know. No! That's reaching. That's when reaching when you break something, there's no blood. It, like, yes, like the bone can come through the skin, but there should not be like spurted blood on the kid's face. Doesn't add up. All right. That's all you got? Oh, yeah. And then when we talked about when they're on like the transition between like coming back from like Europe, where the fuck did he get a suit? He was in prison for four years. Did like Carl hmm. be like, here, buddy, I got you. I brought you I a got suit. you. All right. Yeah. So what's your biggest, what's up with that? What's your biggest plot hole? The mom's accent. Come on. Yeah, mine would be the, uh, probably when he jumps out the window and it's just like, how did he escape? (laughs) I just don't really get that. I'm like, that doesn't add up. I don't know. All right. 
So we both got different answers, but both got good ones. Okay, so we're going to move on to category six, Freaks and Geeks, where we completely nerd out with camera angles, weird quirks about the movies, or any other random freaky, geeky stuff you can find. So Carl Hanratty didn't exist. That's not actually a human being. He is just made up of several other FBI agents who were trying to find Frank. So there wasn't one person trying to get him. There were several and they didn't use any of the FBI agents' names because at the time, the seven or eight of them were still working for the FBI. So they didn't want to expose them to the world. So that's a fun fact. <laughs> didn't know that. So a little, there's a little foreshadowing scene I like. So when it's at the very beginning of the movie and uh, Frank Sr. goes to wake up Frank for school and it zooms in kind of briefly on Frank's flash comics and he just loves the flash and it's kind of all over his room which would hence why he would go to barry allen as a you know a fake character name who is the flash looked up some things about the symbolism of milk milk is kind of a symbolism in this movie it's it's a weird thing to think about but a lot of directors and movies they use the symbolism of milk to portray innocence and for example when frank becomes a uh, co-pilot for example for the first time and he's on the plane and uh stewardess asks him what he wants to drink and he just says milk should be a pretty indication <laughs> to everyone that he's a child and only children drink milk and then later in the movie at the very very end when he is trying to escape the fbi to do his last to to go on his own plane before carl stops him and there's Ooh. a little corner shot you can see his lunch and he's eating He's eating uh, like sandwiches that are cut into like corners, like you would for a child, and he's drinking milk. So I don't know, really nerdy stuff I found. Uh, we talked about that already. Uh, Johnny Depp was considered to be Frank Abagnale Jr. What are your thoughts on yeah. that? He would have been like really emo, emo gothy Frank. I don't know if he. Could, it would have been a totally different movie. Do you think he would have like committed to the bit of cutting his hair short, or he would have just been like, yeah, he would have. No, 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 he would have. At the time in 2002, yeah, he would have. Maybe not now, because now he's like, I'm fucking Johnny Depp. I'm doing what I want. You can't make me do what I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It'd be weird. It'd be like I feel like it would still be a movie I would like, but it would be like this weird gothy emo-y Tim Burton vibe. Yeah. (laughs) Um. (laughs) So. If you notice throughout the movie, when Frank Jr.'s life is going well, so when he decides to be a doctor, when he's a pilot, when he's a lawyer, when all these things are going well for him in life, he tends to wear bright colors and bright colors are surrounded by him by the cinematography. And when you get into the stuff where he's kind of going to get caught by Carl or he's lonely Mm -hmm. or he's feeling all these things the colors in the movie are very dark and he's wearing very dark colors. That might be a coincidence. I just noticed that after the 14 bajillion times I've seen the movie, I really noticed that it might be a coincidence or it might be Steven Spielberg doing that, which could be very possible. I like that. Two shots, two camera angles. I love throughout the movie. There's a shot where Frank, when he starts working for the FBI for the first time, and it's a pretty wide shot, and he's walking through, and everyone is busy at work and clearly, you know, getting along with each other, and they work, and he's walking through, and he's just lost. He's never had social interaction 
well, he's had social interaction, but he's always playing someone else. He's never had social interaction as playing himself. It's just a great little like, oh my God, like he realizes that I have to do real things now. And my last shot, my last shot that I really like is when Frank is walking away from Carl when he escapes the FBI at the terminal and and Carl is like, you're not going to go away. No one's chasing you that scene. And they're, they're just like six, seven, eight feet away from each other. I, I don't know. I think it's a really good shot. Um, yeah. You just see the long, the long hallway kind of, I really like that. So do you have any other freaks and geeksy stuff you want to share with the listeners? Yes. Okay. Um. So you know the son when like Jennifer Garner and him are like doing their shit, there's like uh-huh. the look of, the look of love by dusty springfield that song was actually written in 1967 which is like relevant to the decade and i thought that was just so smart i love that and Mm -hmm. i had that like i love the shot of like when frank is like you know what i'm gonna tell you where i am like and i think part of it is that i think frank wants to get caught because he wants to stop a little bit i don't know i believe he likes the attention he likes the attention yeah like when he's in the hotel room and he's like this is my hotel number this is the hotel i'm at like that shot of like looking and he's like holy shit he told him the truth like if he would have yeah. gone like i love that and like when the parents are like getting a divorce and you see like the shot between like the lawyer or i don't even know who that guy is i'm assuming a lawyer when he's like being like oh you gotta fill your name in the kitchen and like you can see like leo's face is like traumatized and he's like sprinting down the street I think mm-hmm. that's like I love that part like the flipping in between that and then mm-hmm. I just I'll get this over with the makeup Lois Burnwell like she is an iconic person for makeup in Hollywood she did Braveheart she did Saving Private Ryan and something I thought that you would appreciate is Leonardo DiCaprio has never had like in a makeup team there's like the head of the makeup department and then they kind of like go with the big actors, but Leonardo DiCaprio refuses to have anyone do his makeup except for like Sian Grigg, which never heard of in my life. And that's because <laughs> all he does is work on Leonardo DiCaprio. And if you go look at the dude's IMDb, it's every single Leo movie he's wow. ever like. Yeah, that's. That's I pretty that freaky kinda, geeky. Yeah, right. That's my favorite one. Honestly, it's better than any of the I found. That's cool. Thanks. Is that your favorite one too, or do you have more? Uh, oh, okay. You know when, like, like the shot you, like the scene you love when he's in the hotel room being the secret service agent. Mm-hmm, the peeling mm-hmm. of the bottles, like, so I, I have like figured out that the meaning behind that because I never really got that, and I was like, oh, make maybe he's just practicing how to remove the labels of things. But that's like an obsessive compulsive disorder. And when he is, like, so far into his, like, role of, like, I'm forging checks, I'm, like, moving shit from here to here, yeah. that's, like, a characteristic of it. And I just love, like, the, like, close-up shot of, like, you see all the bottles with the labels off, and he keeps them in his wallet, because, like, again, another obsessive trait. I think that's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, those are all good. I love the free. There's lots of freaky, geeky stuff about this movie. I love it. Mm-hmm. All right. Move on to the seventh category for the Brad Pitt Award for the best quote. So I'm going to read you all the quotes I got. Two little mice 
fell into a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse, he struggled so hard that eventually he churned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as at this moment, I am that second mouse. Why do the Yankees always win? Because they have Mickey Mantle. It's because the other teams can't stop staring at those damn pinstripes. My name is Mr. Abagnale. That's Abagnale. Not Abagnale, not Abagnale, but Abagnale. Dear Dad, you always told me that an honest man has nothing to fear. So I'm trying my best not to be afraid. Knock, knock. Who's there? Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> People only know what you tell them. You're going to get caught. One way or another, it's a mathematical fact. It's like Vegas. The house always wins. This one's weird. It's he's at. I don't know why I really like this one. He's at when he's at the, his Atlanta party and he's having like the. Oh, you're gonna. Say, I have this down he's too. At, he has like the dope fit and that guy spills drink on him. And he's just like Christ, Terry. This is Italian knit. Italian knit. Just freaks out. So funny. <laughs> the truth is, sir, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an airplane airline pilot. I'm nothing really. I'm just a kid who's in love with your daughter. And my, lastly. Sometimes it's easier living the lie. So do you have any more that I didn't say? Okay, well, first of all, that mouse quote, hate it. Hate it. I know it's, just, it's like it's an iconic quote in the movie. It's funny because it's, it's so dumb. It's so funny. Yeah. Okay, I have one that I wrote down that reminds me of you, and it made me laugh. You know when, like, he gets caught in France, and he's like losing his marbles and he's like "Ooh, captain luke captain luke wow <laughs> like honestly every time i watch that i'm like oh ben would do that ben Pins, <laughs> and he's like making fun of the guy and then yeah yeah my favorite yeah so my like, favorite quote, all of my other ones but my favorite quote of the whole movie is when han Raddy's in the car with the cops and they're on the way to maybe catch frank and he's just knock knock Who's there? Go fuck yourselves. Go fuck yourselves. So great. I love that. So great. And then probably my second one would be sometimes it's easier living the lie, which is kind of the whole, like just summarizes the whole movie up really, really nicely. And sometimes it's true. It's true. Sometimes it really is easier living the lie. Yeah. I'd say the steak dinner one. I had that down again. I just love that one. Mm. My name's Frank Mm -hmm. Gabagnale. I'd like to cash this check and then take you up for the steak dinner. Perfect. You did it absolutely. Mind. You did it justice. Good. All right. Eighth award for the blind pig award for the one night stand. I don't know. I think it's pretty odd. Mine. I only have Frank Jr. I think he'd be really good for one night. Hang out with him. Really? Yeah, because he has unlimited money. Yeah. I didn't even think of putting that. I just like, I wrote down one that I thought you were going to write and I put Marcy. Like Meredith Gray. I was like, ah, I feel like Ben's gonna put that one. Yeah, but I, I don't want to hang out with her. I want to hang out with a guy with unlimited, like, yeah, I guess it's not unlimited, but like to us it is. Yeah. See, and I also put the current, like, like the real Frank Abagnale Jr. I feel like I'd love to hang out with the real dude. He's in the movie too. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. He's one of the Another French, he's one of the French cops that arrests him at the very end. Yeah damn yeah all right we're gonna go to the ninth award the al pacino award for overacting 
So I only have two nominees. Christopher Walken, he kind of overacts. Yep. He overacts in everything he does. It's just kind of his thing. I don't know. Like, it doesn't really bother me, but, like, he just does. It's just what he does. And then the, the low-key sleeper pick would be Hanratty's boss. He's in, like, three scenes. There's three lines, and he just really goes for it. There's one scene where uh, Carl's telling him that he got away and, like, what are we going to do or whatever, and he's just like, no, Carl you messed up it's like all right man like you didn't have to like go for it like that you just it's a throwaway line just happen again yeah it's like cool man but i my pick would be christopher walken just because that's what he does and what about you what do you yeah 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 no i put christopher walken i can't like really can't fucking stand the man i'm like just like his voice i'm like oh god and i imagine him as like the dad from a hairspray too and he just oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's, he just really goes for it all the time. I don't know if I love it or not, but I think it's his voice, like the like he overemphasizes weird shit. Yeah, it's clearly like obviously it do, it's done him well, but yeah, I agree with you. Okay, tenth award, the Steph Curry Award for the actor who never or the character or actor who never misses. They're great the entire movie. I'm gonna give you two. So we have the mm-hmm. up and coming star in Leonardo DiCaprio. And the mega 90s superstar Tom Hanks, who is still a, a mega superstar. In scenes when they're together, who outacts the other one? Who, yeah, who's the best between the two of them? Because I, that's my two who are the best in this movie. Yeah, I had the same. I, I picked Tom Hanks, and you might hate me for this, but I think what? If we're talking about, hey, if we're talking about consistency, which like, I'm not going to pretend I know anything about Steph Curry, but like you said, <laughs> consistency, consistency and Tom Hanks, that accent, like, obviously that's not how Tom Hanks talks. He's yeah. Woody, but like, I think just like, <laughs> like Leo was perfect in every way and I love him, but Tom Hanks is the more consistent and reliable actor in the movie, in my opinion. It's so yeah, hard dude. to disagree with you because it's Tom fucking Hanks, but it's also Leo f- fucking DiCaprio. I don't know. It's so hard. Oh. I just love them both. I don't even know. It's, if you, uh, if you I, I, it's probably me? Leo. No, I got to no. go with my guy, Leo. Leo is uh, he's so much. He it's carries the movie. You love him. If you put like. I don't know another like Michael Keaton as Tom Hanks. I don't know. I'm just thinking of someone <laughs> around that age has that role. It's fine, Leo. If you put if this movie is Johnny Depp and Michael Keaton, how far does this movie go? You know what I mean? Like it's probably I don't know, but like Leo is the best. No, like I love him, but if you're talking consistency, like take away your deep love for him and think about consistency. It's still him. Even if, okay, fine. I hate him, but I still think he's a better in this movie. But it's really, it's not mm-hmm. by much. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. Tom Hanks, I love him, but he's like, I hate Forrest Gump. And like, I don't know. That's a controversy opinion. I'm just going to, it's on tape forever now. Uh, Leo doesn't <laughs> yeah. have a bad movie. Leo doesn't have a bad movie. Tom Hanks what? has a couple bad movies. Are you, you're telling me The Beach is a good movie? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Why? Because he's in it. I like it. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's not his best, but 
I want to like you want to live with Leo on a beach? Why fucking not? I don't know. All right, we're gonna That's like if we if, okay, we're done with this topic because we're gonna talk forever. All right, the eleventh award, the Ben Affleck Award for the streaky performance from an actor or someone you didn't really like during the movie. For me, I only have one answer. Like, what about you? What do you have? I have one answer. Go. Is it gonna be go the first. same. Go. You go. I put Nat- Natalie Bay, the, the mom. mom. Yeah, mine shitty. is Amy Adams. She's kind of shitty in this movie. I think I thought about that, but I think that's just the character. It's because Amy Adams is so respected and regarded now. She's such a fantastic actress, and this is very early on in the career. I just didn't really like her. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe because I know her now, and I'm like, wow, you do all this great stuff now. Why are you so bad in this? But Natalie <laughs> Bay, Frank's mom. Yeah, she's pretty. She's kind of weird, and she's had that accent. Yeah, now that you say it. <laughs> I can't. It's the worst. It's, it's so weird. All right. 12th category for scenes you wish you saw that weren't in the movie. The only scene I could think of was what was like Frank doing during that seventh month? So there's like the seven months later where he gets away from them in Miami. And he and he remember when he goes delusional at the end? Yeah. But yeah. when they catch him, like what was he doing during that seven seven months? <laughs> I would like to maybe know that. Like, I know this movie's a little long. I don't know where you would put it, but yeah, that would be interesting to see. Like, what was he doing there in the seven months where he has all these checks and he's clearly going insane? Why? He was eating beans. He said that. Yeah. <laughs> do you have, what else do you have for scenes you wish um, you saw? I, I wish I saw him as the lawyer more because, like, we kind of got just, like, that mm. one scene. Like, it was a great scene and I loved it when the mm-hmm. judge is, like, the fuck are you talking about but like mm-hmm. i like i think it, we got a good like amount of the doctor we got a good amount of the like pilot but we needed more lawyer it's fair all right i can get on board with that all right we're gonna go to the 13th category it's a new category for this podcast i decided to add it to the categories hopefully we keep it forever it's called the elevator pitch and we're gonna each get an elevator pitch a sequel or a prequel to the movie if it had to be. So here's my quick little pitch. It's in one sentence. Okay. Uh, A sitcom, like a cheesy sitcom about Frank (laughs) Jr. raising his family in a suburb in the Midwest with his kids and him also working for the FBI. But it's also like really cheesy. That's my pitch for a sequel. But it's a TV show. I'd watch that. (laughs) Hell yeah, I'd watch that. All right, what's your pitch? See, I took a more, like, nerdy approach to this, and I was like, I would love to see, like, a documentary where the real Frank Abagnale Jr., like, you talk about him working with the FBI, because, like, yeah. now he, like, he's, like, loaded, the dude is, like, loaded, and he, like, is, like, still working as a consultant for the FBI, and he's working at Quantico training people, and I feel like that would be, like, like we want to talk about uno reverse card the guy went to fucking jail and now he's like teaching people how to get people into jail so i don't know i'd, I'd, I'd love to see that one all right i would watch i think i would watch yours more than mine all right so we're going to take <laughs> one more break and we're going to finish up the categories and go into the closing remarks Okay, we're back for category number 14. Would you watch this as a Broadway musical? We did kind of touch up on this on the start. So it is one. 
I liked it. You didn't like it. We don't need to talk about no. it. We already did. Let's move on with our life. Category <laughs> 15, the Schindler's List to super bad rewatchability scale. So for me, you know, this is my favorite movie of all time, but it's not in probably my top 10 most rewatchable movies I've ever seen in my life. So I would say yeah. it's in the middle. It's not Schindler's List, like, holy shit, this movie's amazing, I'm never seeing it again. And it's not, like, super bad. I'm going to watch it 100 times. I'll never get sick of it. Catch Me If You Can is, like, uh, it's in the middle. It's in the middle for me. What about you? Yeah, yeah. I put it, like, if it's super, if super bad, it's a 10, and Schindler's List is a zero. I give it an 8.5 because I love this movie. Good, this yeah. movie has my heart. But like you got to pay attention to watch that movie mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you said super bad you could be hammered and watch that <laughs> you can all be hammered and watch catch me if you can yeah exactly okay 16th and the final category is the mvp whether that be the director cinematography an actor screenplay anyone involved in the movie so for me it's leo and why it's Leo is because Hanks and Spielberg are at a weird point in their career where like they're pretty established. They've done lots of movies together. Spielberg has an Oscar movie. Hanks has a couple Oscar nods and two wins. And Leo is this up and coming artist who's clearly like on the verge of super, super duper stardom. And Hanks and Spielberg in my head are like, let's team up, let's get this guy. Let's bring him up into our level, and we're going to be the ones that make him this super global star. Now, you could argue that maybe Leo has is more of a superstar than Tom Hanks. I don't think so, but maybe you could. But the MVP yeah. of this movie, so all on that, the MVP of this movie is Leo. I think he made himself a superstar in this movie. He makes the movie. He drives the movie. He drives the drive why you want to watch the movie that's my opinion that's my mvp that's my pitch go with yours i agree with you for once i 100 percent agree with you i know right shocking oh someone else you didn't mention though was john williams and i think the score and the music in this he has is way better more... scores yeah yeah but he's like... a pixar guy yeah, but I love it. Like, I'm a nerd for, like, the decades and the music that fits, like, that, like, come fly with me with Frank Sinatra. Like, you can't tell me, like, when you listen to that, you think of, like, anything else besides maybe a cheesy WestJet commercial, but, you know. <laughs> there. All right, so we agree on the but MVP Le of the movie. Yeah, Leo, yeah. 100%. All right, so we finished up the categories. We'll just finish up with some closing remarks. Emily, what are your final thoughts on this movie? What are some final things you want to say to the audience about this movie okay well taking a female perspective on this i think you need to watch it just because like leo mm -hmm. yes always always yes i mean you agree with me on this but i don't know like i think this movie requires more attention and it yes you have to pay attention and it's a bit more of a like two and a half hours long movie but it is so worth it and I wish that it was more, I don't know, well-known in our age demographic. Mm -hmm. I think, so what I wrote was that I just love this movie. It's flawed. 
it has its, you know, we talked about it has its issues. I have its issues with it. It's not perfect. Yeah. But I love it. And I love the, like you said, the, you have to pay attention. You have to sit down and you watch the movie and you don't do the on your phone kind of halfway through the movie. You're not talking to anyone during the movie. And that's why I love this movie so much. And I also have like, I talked about at the start like that. I don't know. It's, it kind of got me into really loving movies and loving Leo and loving acting personally for myself. Yeah. I mean, to give you yeah, a, that makes, go that ahead. Makes sorry. me like it more. That like, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Watch it and be like, this is oh. some bull. This is some bullshit I'm going to give you right here. So the Oscar yeah. nominees for best picture for the year catch me if you can came out rs followed lord of the rings which won garbage movie chicago garbage movie gangs of new york decent movie the pianist decent and the hours i never even fucking heard of that movie catch me if you can got robbed of an oscar nominee yeah maybe it didn't deserve to win but it should have been nominated again the oscars really just mess up my life yeah, I'm not running. It's the pianist. It's with Adrian Brody. He won the Oscar for it as best as best actor. It's it's pretty good. He's pretty good in it, but like, I don't know. <laughs> like I've seen it once and I'll never see it again. Okay. One of those. Secondly, do you think this movie would work today if it was remade? And I say no because you can't really remake a biopic that's already been made. It's like, what are you gonna do? Tell the same story? Yeah, like I put like it would be interesting to see it like like the modern take on it with like more like multi-card but still but still 1960s though like you it's the same time period that's when it was made that's when it's based in yeah but you're right like you can't redo it i wouldn't watch it if you did but it'd be interesting to see how technology and like more diversity in the actors would i don't know change it yeah all right so that's it for today I want to thank you for coming on the pod. I hope you enjoyed yourself, Emily, and uh, hope you can come on again one more time, a couple more times. One more time. You only have one more time. <laughs> no, a couple more times. That's what I meant. My bad, my bad, my bad. Mm-hmm. All right. So what I like to do at the end of my podcast is I like to reveal the next movie for the pod, which comes out next week with a quote. All right. So here we go. <clears throat> What's in the box? What's in the fucking box? All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this week's episode. We'll see you next week. Bye. You're still here? It's over. Go to bed. Go to work. Go. I'll be here next week. Go. Bye.